Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome back, Stan fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. What up? Well, today is actually a little unique because we are recording about four hours earlier than normal. How, how does it feel? Is it a little strange to do like an afternoon recording? No, it feels good. I did just come up with a random question in my brain, though. Hear me For out. Recording? No, this or, is, uh, let's say Captain Trips is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Would wearing a mask and social distancing stop you from getting tra- Captain Trips? Ooh. Or is that mask just like, it doesn't even matter? I, I feel like that's know. way more probably powerful than COVID-19. I would assume so. It's almost like the whatever's in the air. So it's airborne. That's what I would assume. And as soon as you walk into a room with someone who's got trips, they're just freaking growing a giant neck. And now, granted, we haven't had flashbacks in a long time, but we haven't seen the whole neck thing in a long time. Yeah, I've kind of wa- forgot that was even a thing. Here's my question, and we'll get into this in not the first episode that we cover because we'll cover two episodes on this for the stand episode, which is episode eight. I've got a prediction and it's a question about what will happen. And it's something that will either be revealed and it will bring people to tears or it will be a good thing. I think that they'll go with that more of a happy ending. But now I'm kind of curious because King wrote this original ending just for this show. He's like, here you go. Here you go, Josh Boone. I know you can't write, so I'm going to write it for you. Oh, geez. (laughs) So film fans, TV fans, Stan fans, all alike, thanks for joining us. If this is your first time listening to Quality Check Podcast, well, you're in for a treat, mainly because we are going to be spoiling all things The Stand, the CBS All Access original show that is coming to an end very soon. We are, as I said earlier, covering two episodes. We are going to talk about episode seven, The Walk. And then once we're finished covering the basis of that, we will talk about episode eight, The Stand. Both of those go pretty well hand in hand, but let's go ahead and dive right into it and talk about episode seven, The Walk. It was directed by Vincenzo Natale, who has also worked on previous steaming King works, including In the Tall Grass. The writer, the solo writer, might I add, for The Walk was Owen King. Release for episode seven was January 28th at a smooth runtime of 57 minutes. The official synopsis for The Walk is, after tragedy strikes the Boulder Free Zone, Mother Abigail tasks members of her committee with a dangerous mission. Meanwhile, Harold and Nadine begin their journey to New Vegas to unite with Flag and claim their reward. 
Three big things happen in this episode. First, Harold wrecks his motorcycle and dies on the way to New <laughs> Vegas. And the second one, Stu, Larry, Glenn, and we can't forget about Kojak, and Ray set out to New Vegas on foot. That's where Stu breaks his leg on the way while Glenn, Larry, and Sylvia continue until they're picked up by Flag's right-hand man, Lloyd, and they're driven the rest of the way to meet the walking dude. And finally, Nadine finally meets Randall Flagg, and they bang in the desert. The episode ends, however, with Nadine, a very pregnant and deathly-looking Nadine, welcoming Glenn, Larry, and Ray to New Vegas. I have to say, before we get into discussion points, notably absent from this episode, Tom Cullen. So first and foremost, how are you feeling about the show after watching episode seven, The Walk? I mean, this is the best episode of the series so far. I would agree. So plot-wise, they didn't change very much. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, a good thing. This is a very good thing. It's interesting you say that because one of the several reviews claimed the same exact thing in terms of Owen King knows exactly what his dad was doing right. And he stuck to that and led with all those points without having to rework it. And I would agree. I think they had kind of the gems of this. I was very surprised about what happened with Harold. And Nadine, I knew that was coming. And a lot of the major plot points um, from the original miniseries stayed true to this, except for Harold. That was, that was a big twist. But I have to say, this brought it up for me overall. After watching The Walk, it was feeling like, all right, we're, we're getting an ending we're going to hopefully stick the landing here after kind of a turbulent series overall. But okay, I would say okay, but it it bumps it up a little bit from okay to I'm liking this so far. Now let's talk about those likes and what you enjoy the most about the walk. What works? I really love the three main story threads in this. Uh, we have the the Boulder Four heading to Vegas. Thought that was really great. Slowed down the pace of the episode in a good way. I like that every podcast I predict a change in how a character will come to an end, how their story ends. And every time I'm wrong because I was <laughs> wrong about Nick. I said, there's no way they killed Nick the way they killed Nick in the book because they haven't set it up and they mm -hmm. did it. And that's not a great thing. And then th this episode, uh, I think it was the last podcast. I said, there's no way they kill Harold off the way they do in the book. And they, they kept it the same as the book in this episode. And I was genuinely shocked by that. And then I love Nadine and, and Flag coming together. I thought the reveal that she's not the Hollywood star. She's imagining she looks like a pregnant Grim Reaper with a bad <laughs> case of Captain Trips. I thought that was I thought that was freaking awesome. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree with you on all of that. Honestly, I really like that, especially the Herald surprise. I had to say that worked the best. I also have to say... The big thing that happened in this episode, Mother A dies. And the episode begins pretty early on with her death. And I found kind of the reasoning from the original miniseries to be kind of abrupt. This is one thing where this show, it dealt with the Mother A storyline pretty decently, I would say. it. So with how they were tasked with this and how that was kind of laid out, I have to say, overall, that was pretty solid, and especially that nice little Stu-Franny conversation before they take off. 
and especially the addition of them taking a photo on a Kodak camera before they left. I thought that was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. overall, it's, the, it's like the little things before you leave the, the small moments in life. Uh, I thought that worked really well for this. Overall, I there's not much that I have to say that doesn't work. But speaking of that, segueing right into what doesn't work, I'll go ahead and say that the it's interesting, but the Nadine and Flag leaving to uh, was that cast a sp- uh, she cast a spell on me or something like that. That that old song that is playing when they're leaving the desert and driving into New Vegas, a little hokey, a little cheesy, but it also is very reminiscent of what King does in his work, where it does come off that way. That that was okay. I would say it was just like okay. I, I didn't like hate it at first. I'm like good grief. But then again, I'm like, eh, that kind of makes me like King even more just because that's definitely something he would do. That's the main thing that really, to me, doesn't work. And not being able to see Tom in this was, to me, I knew where they were going with that, but I was expecting to see something of him. Um, Julie, her not being much of a presence, and I think that comes larger into the next episode with episode eight, The Stand. Uh, Julie, once again, just kind of seems like a throwaway character in this uh, this overall series. It's upgrade, but that's all I have to really say. Yeah, Julie's super annoying. I think in this, I didn't like her in the book, but I just think she's, she's awful in this. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a lot of complaints about this episode, to be honest with you. I thought, what, the 50, how long was it? 57 minutes or whatever? Mm-hmm. I thought it flew by. I really liked it. I really liked this episode a lot. Yeah, I I agree. It uh, is something that it, to me, and what you said earlier, this is the best episode hands down. I do think we are missing kind of the Tom Max aspect of getting home. But if you're going to have three solid storylines in an episode, which is probably the the max limit that you should have, unless you're really good at storytelling, uh, I don't think it's necessary. I'd yeah. rather I'd rather keep three strong ones than kind of deviate and visit Tom as he's heading home, and it just kind of interrupts the flow. And yeah, and that's that's the main thing. It would be tough to place it in this episode. I feel episode letter grade. What are you going to give this? I'm going to give it a solid B plus. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I I really want to give it an A minus. There are just a few minor things, but. Not sure if I can go uh, quite that high, but it does bring up the letter grade overall, I think, of the series with what we're seeing. So what letter grade would you give the series ending with episode seven? I'll still probably stick with the C because I want to see how this plays out. I do think the back half of this has gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. And if we can end um, the last two episodes as strong as this one or, you know, level as as this episode, I think... I'll bump the grade up, but right now I'm going to stick with a C. I'll go with a C plus. I think it is a little bit better. And this episode really helps bring that up. I'm enjoying what they presented. And I really wonder if a lot of that is to credit Owen King. I think you bring up a good point. I didn't think about this. He knows his father's work. So if you're going to have somebody adapt it, it's going to be somebody that knows the work, knows what is important and how to, you know, how to tell it properly. Mm-hmm. Not that these other people don't, but I think he has a better insight into into what makes his his father's work work so well. Mm-hmm. 
Now, character power rankings, who do you have at the top for your favorite character thus far? I got to give it up to Harold. They somehow managed to make the, make me feel bad for that poor bastard mm. <laughs> uh, when he literally bites the bullet. That's good. I like that. I, I too, have to give it to Harold just because of his ending and just how it seemed abrupt. But did Harold's ending with him writing in his diary and giving that final speech, was that in the book by chance or was that new? That's the same thing. Okay. Because I really liked that. I thought it gave his death more weight. And it also is like, you know what? After lying here, dying, realizing that I'm, you know, everything that I had hated and I had chose poorly and it was my own choices. I did make this, but it's my own fault. Um, I thought that was really good. Any Anybody before we end up in this series, anyone that you're wanting to get more of? Yeah, freaking Franny. <laughs> she just like sucks in this version. I'm sorry. Do you think she's the worst character of the this series? I don't know. She's the she's not like the worst character, but she, they're not doing anything with her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't factor into anything. I, I know. I've asked you several times so far about any Wait, changes. What was yours? Oh, oh my. I, I'm saying Tom just because it would be, I, I would like to get more of that character, but I agree with you in terms of in this episode, it's really tough to get more of Tom. And I kind of want to see Tom getting some of those flashbacks or at least visions of Nick. And that's what is really helping guide him back to Boulder. And maybe we're kind of reliving some of what Tom and Nick went through on the road to get to Boulder in the first place. And maybe he's playing some of that out. It would have been interesting, but I think at the pacing and how things were handled and from basically New Vegas to now and Tom leaving New Vegas and everything that's happening in this current timeline, there's just no way to cover that. So it's just kind of one of those things that you got to chalk it up and say, sorry, we got to move on. But I, I've asked you several times about changes from the book to the series. Anything else major that stands out? And I know you said that you'll end up getting into the Nadine in the next episode that we cover, but anything outside of that? Uh, there are minor changes to how things happen. Harold's death. Nadine sets that up with her motorbike crash. She sets up the motorbike crash in this story. Uh, that doesn't happen in the book. It's just kind of a supernatural twist of fate, the way he just veers off and crashes. Mm. Um, the biggest change is Nadine actually dies before Larry Glenn and Ralph arrive in Vegas. And I don't think we've ever mentioned this on the podcast in the book. Ralph is a man in the in this one. It's Ray and she's a female. Mm. Uh, I had this, but it's actually kind of answered in the next episode in the book. There's a plan to drop the nuke on Boulder using a plane. And we we're seeing Trash Can Man f- trying to find this nuke, getting the nuke, but the plan is never clear. That's actually cleared up in the next episode. Talking about Trash Can Man, it's interesting that we only get a little bit of him in the very beginning of this episode where he's just grinding away at that little nuke head. And he... I mean, that's for the best. (laughs) And of course, we get... completely serious. That is for the best. This is literally like 2% of his story in the book. Good grief. It is the most bare like point A to point B thing that they could have done, which is (laughs) I need you to get me a nuke and bring it back. That's it. Man. 
That's so it's so crazy because I know and the OG miniseries, Trash Cam Man played a, such a larger role, but so crazy how they just like whittled him down to nothing, basically. It's it's honestly the way they did it. Like I said, I need you to get a nuke and bring it back. They could have set it up where he just sends like three random New Vegas people off. Mm. And we don't have to spend any time with these people. We don't know them. They could have done it that way. And it would have mm-hmm. made just as much sense. He just did a little uh, mule that's like a uh, like a golf cart or one of those work uh, carts. And he's just bringing that little nuke head. Just Imagine driving that, on. dude, how long that would take. Good grief. <laughs> and he's just talking to himself. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to pretty much take care of all the thoughts that I have in, outside of F-bombs. This one was pretty low. This was one of the lowest of the entire series. And we were trying to theorize, well, what is Owen King going to do? Is he going to go off the rails or is he going to rein it in? And it's almost like they brought it down this was their bottle episode for F-bombs. This is where they're like, we can't do very much on this because Josh Boone's blown our budget on that. I counted, <laughs> what was it? Let's go. I counted a total of six. That's <laughs> yeah, it. That's not bad. And uh, our our guess is, um, I, I want to say you were in the teens, like 13, is that right? I think I had 13. It was like 13 or 17. I know that's a huge differential, but... It was it was in the teens. Yeah, I want to say you had thirteen. I had eight, but it's it was six that I could count. Well, you were thousand dollars. Uh I was just gonna say we finally get a glimpse of the crucifixions that Flag does in the books. Mm. And it's so crazy that we only get a glimpse of that, like you said, and that happens at the very end of this. And it's about time. It's the ending to episode seven, and we're finally seeing this. It's like it is wow. kind of cool though, because it's these characters seeing it. And we're seeing it for the first time and they're entering this new territory and they're mm. like, oh crap, what did we get ourselves into? So maybe, just maybe that's actually a smart idea. True. Yeah. I mean, that that is a good point. I never thought of it that way. I, always... I think I just talked myself into how smart that really is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd have to think about that because on at least that brings a little more light to that and being there with the characters. However, it seems to go by so quickly and we just don't see much of it. I'll have to think more about that because I like that better than just like the idea of, okay, well, I mean, other than hearing it second from a secondhand source from the guy who ends up uh, dying uh, early on and Boulder, we just, that's it. Hmm. I almost kind of wish they had, they roll in on the, in the limo and they're on the side of the road, on the side, on the side of the strip. Uh, there's just like this mob and they're they're crucifying some dude because that would be insane. You're just like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Yeah, that that's where I would prefer that over them beating up the guy, you know, where they're just like nailing this guy to the telephone pole or something like that and they're lifting him up. Then if that happened, I think I would be good with what, in in terms of us just now seeing it and then they're completely blown away because we do see Glenn in the back of the limo and he's just like shaking his head and he's in complete disbelief. They're all in disbelief, but I remember Glenn's reaction more prominently than everyone else says. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of The Walk. Well, I say let's go ahead and just keep riding this train right into episode eight. Uh, episode eight is called The Stand. Literally called The Stand. <laughs> 
I would say this is basically the last episode. Because, mm-hmm. you know, episode nine, it's the coda. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But it, this one was directed by Vincenzo Natale. He did a double banger. I bet they did this like back to back. Uh, yeah. Do you, I was going to ask, do you like that, his direction for the these last two episodes? Uh, yeah. I think there's some really, really cool imagery in mm-hmm. uh, episode eight, especially, and some really cool Randall flag shots in this. Mm. Uh, so, Even Trash Can Man, I thought they did, it would seem more cinematic the way they shot this, the last two. Yeah, this one, I think especially looks really good. Uh, it was written by Benjamin Cavill and Taylor M. Moore, Elmore. Sorry, came out February 4th on CBS All Access. It's a slim 46 minutes long, just how I like it. Official plot description, risking everything the bolder travelers face off with Flag's followers in New Vegas, among them a very different and pregnant Nadine. Three big things happen, and this is keeping things really tight because a lot of stuff happens in this episode. The now bolder three are put on trial by a kangaroo court and given the chance to stay alive. The group plants seeds of doubt in the residents of New Vegas about living under Flag's regime. And a radiated trash can man arrives with a nuke and sparks a supernatural storm that blows up New Vegas. Before we get into our uh, discussion points, I think it's important to say goodbye to some characters that sadly passed away in this episode. We lost a lot of people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We lost nine main characters in this episode. <laughs> it's the bloodiest episode so far. Um, recapping. Glenn shot to death. Awful. Made me feel sad. Uh, Nadine, she dives out a penthouse window and goes splat. Larry, blown to bits. <laughs> Ray, blown to bits. Ratwoman, zapped by lightning. Julie, zapped by lightning. I don't know if that's going far enough because she sucks. <laughs> I don't know how, what, how we make that worse, but we didn't do a good job. Lloyd, head taken off by a giant ceiling light. Trash can man, blown to bits. And Randall Flag, zapped by lightning slash blown to bits. And it got me thinking. A little side question right off the top. Do you think Flag is actually dead? No. I don't either. I'm no. like, whoa, I think he kind of, one, we know this This is a character that is throughout time, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in the Stephen King universe. So we know he's not gone, gone. But I kind of wonder if we're going to see him in this final episode, episode nine, if we're going to get one glimpse or just some sort of hint that he's still alive. And the reason why I say that too is the orb is actually something that comes up a lot and before we started recording, we were talking about The Dark Tower just a little bit. But that comes up a lot in Stephen King's The Dark Tower series. And I know that he brings that up, just this, this idea of an orb and other works that he does as well. 
So I'm, I've been wanting to ask you for a while, is there a meaning to that in the original book? But I'll save that later. But yeah, that's I, the main reason why I don't think flag is gone is that the orb itself is a power that even though that may represent good here, I do think that it works as more of a teleportation device for flag. And it just has repositioned him throughout time and space. I think he kind of just like zapped out of here. Mm-hmm. I'll say if this was the end of Flag and we don't see him in episode nine, I, I kind of wish that we got to see him more out and about in the world because mm-hmm. we really only see him in New Vegas and then the Dreamer interactions and mm-hmm. then uh, the Mother Abigail in the woods. Um, but I would like to have seen him just out and about. Just walking, literally walking and causing chaos. Causing chaos and reveling in it. I, I got one question about the OG miniseries and you don't have to go in depth because I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that portrayal is he like a huge cornball yes big time okay so not like this at all no i i had to say i largely prefer this over the original because the original was very over the top and there are there is this aspect that i did like about the original guy mainly his looks like his long hair and face but i have to say i love skarsgård and what he did with this version yeah i think he's pretty dope yeah, I, I, in my opinion, Flag wins in this version. This is where the this version of Flag to me is better than the OG series. Not only with the look and the delivery of Skarsgård, but also the character itself. So this is one of those rarities in this series. I prefer to the original OG series. Um, before we get into some good and bad, what are your thoughts on Episode Eight, The Stand? I once again really liked it. I don't think it's as strong as The Walk, but there are some really great things as we were talking about with uh, the direction of this. It looks really good. There are some genuine uh, surprises, like whenever Glenn was shot to death in the court. And there overall, I really liked it. However, there is this... uh, I guess shell of Julie that it's like, why, why is she even in here? She does. She like, now I'm wholeheartedly convinced we could have done away with that character. Like she really was not necessary. And it's, it's like, weird. I, I think the thing with Julie is she's kind of the foil to Lloyd, which I kind of liked is like, he knows what he's doing is wrong. And then she's always like, you're a pussy do it. Which I <laughs> kind of find in that regard, she kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Especially whenever he was walking up to the microphone and she was more or less antagonizing him. And you can see that happened whenever Dana arrives and she's kind of like their third wheel whenever she's trying to get to flag. What I, That was episode four, I believe, the fear and loathing in New Vegas. So we get to see more of their dynamic and that does make sense, but it's very much so like she is the, if Lloyd is the right-hand man, then Julie is the left-hand woman, I guess. That's not a phrase, but it's almost like she's well, the she's ying. like the little and, devil on his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. That's like pushing him because I think Flag maybe even knows that he's, he doesn't have the evil heart. He's weaker. I just what? wish if, she, if her performance was better, um, I think we could tolerate. Just find her annoying. Sure. Yeah. If if she scale it back a little bit, 
I think that the character would, well, there's also the idea she'd have to be structured very differently. But overall, there's, there. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there was so much potential with her character and it just kind of fell flat. I but, mean, I think if you got rid of the stupid accent, it would be a whole lot better. If she just spoke like a normal person. It would help. It would, it would help. help. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this episode? I mean, I liked it a lot. I've weirdly come around to loving the back half of this series. Yeah. And I think episode eight continues the trend that episode seven started where they're not perfect, but they're really entertaining these episodes. And I always go back to, I keep thinking, how good could this have been if they invested two or three seasons into this entire entire story? Every season's like six episodes. So you have three mm-hmm. huge arcs. The way these last ones have been, I, I kind of think if given the freedom to do whatever they wanted, time-wise, budget-wise, scheduling-wise, they could have turned out something really good. Yeah, I agree. And it's not only with the idea of if they were to have spent more time, more episodes, more seasons, but obviously have a, a finite timeline where we know there's going to be a an ending in sight and... They're not going to try to continue and like, oh, you know, what will happen after the fact. But I've thought a lot about what you said, too, in the past, where this show, even though there are some bad moments and like, for example, Julie's character, it is kind of a stinker. Hey, I've been entertained with this show. Overall, I have enjoyed this, you know, reaching Thursdays and watching the next episode, even though I may wait like a day or two. In the very beginning, I was waking up super early to watch this. But every week, I've been genuinely excited to watch what will happen, how will they continue it. And I've been entertained with it overall. I'm going to be sad to see it come to an end. I had just, you know, listened to the audiobook of this. I want to go back and do more. I I want to stay in the King universe. So just another side question real quick. You, you liked the last episode, episode seven, The Walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, better episode, seven or eight? I would say seven, barely. Um, actually, I'm not going to say barely. I do think that it is a solid episode overall. And eight, I liked um, The Walk. I would say I was pretty close to... I, I'll say I really liked The Walk. And The Stand, I'll say that I two really liked it but it was on the bottom end closer to i liked it but overall though i have to say both of these go very uh very well together it's like if there's a double feature night you make it the walk and the stand and heck maybe coda because coda i have a feeling coda uh, i've got a prediction for what we'll end up uh, seeing in the next episode but um yeah i i still prefer the walk a little bit more do you Mm -hmm. No, I, I think this is, uh, I love this one. Ooh. I really love this one. I like it because it's just wacky. Uh, so what's good about the stand? I'll say I love the kangaroo court. I love Glenn, especially the way that it was set up in terms of making those residents realize maybe I've made a mistake. Maybe all of this is a lie. And maybe what I have believed was only for temporary or short-term satisfaction. And especially that old guy, they kept focusing on him. But I love this, that by them doing this, making a stand, it makes the ending, I feel, uh, stick even more. And it allows us to realize that 
them making this stand is changing. It's all about, you know, changing minds, trying to open up the eyes of, is this truly something that you're okay with uh, to your dying breath, so to speak? I love that. I think that the show, that was the, the best thing about it, of how they made the residents feel and question the motives of not only New Vegas, but also a flag. And I also love where flags flying in the air. And then whenever that older guy in court is just kind of, you can see that he's mumbling, but he's doing it as less energetically as everyone else. That flag actually kind of stumbles in the air and he falls, he falters a little bit. And then you can tell that his, his power over these people are getting, it's getting a little weaker. I love that. Um, I think that was my favorite part. Although Glenn getting brutally shot and murdered in court was awful. The, um, there's a lot to like about this. I also love how Larry has that one-on-one with Nadine. I don't think it was quite as deserving to get Nadine's response that we did. We didn't spend as much time with Larry and Nadine to, for that to be as impactful as what it did. And with her changing her mind as, as quickly as what it seemed that she did. But then, also, how I freaking love Trash Can Man driving in. He's like, excuse me. And he just, <laughs> it is this big glob. Like minutes after um, Flag is like, yeah, he's on his way to the airport. He comes <laughs> strolling in like Otis from uh, Andy Griffith's show. He's not drunk. He's just radiated. He's just like, move. <laughs> I have to say, that's my favorite Trash Can moment of this series and how he's just like, my life for you, and just keeps repeating that. <laughs> but that entire, and then people are freaking out. That was awesome. And Dude, if I saw that guy rolling in with a nuke, and he would look like that, I would be running down the strip. <laughs> you wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even be standing around watching it. I'd be gone. Be getting in a car and speeding away as fast as possible. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> That's when the trash can man stuff works when they're sprinkling in that story. There's yeah. just no setup to it. But I like that we're like, hey, three minutes in episode seven, he's got the nuke. So we know it's coming. I love the shot of um, it's shot from behind and all his hair has just like been radiated out. Oh, yeah. And we see his scalp and it's just like threads of hair. It's uh, it's crazy because my parents have been watching this weekly. And sometimes the last two episodes they've watched uh, before I've been able to watch it. But I really wanted to see what my mom said, like her live reaction whenever Trash Can Man did that, because um, the entire bit with him, she's just like kind of disgusted. By well, I was going to say, if you sat and watched that episode where he's masturbating to explosions, like I would be so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have a couple of questions, and these are more negatives. There's one I can't decide, and it's right on the edge of whether I liked it or not. I can't decide if I liked Flag just bursting out in a dance. <laughs> like, oh, I love that. I, I you know can't. why? Because I have that in my bad section, but we're going to, I think we need to save that. <laughs> okay. It's just like, I can't like, is it, what happened? I don't know. Let's just, let's just do it now because that might be the greatest thing to happen in this series is him dancing to a freaking <laughs> remix techno version of Time After Time. <laughs> I laughed so hard watching that and I seriously watched that, re-watched it like 10 times. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I think that's crazier than the Trash Can Man stuff, to be honest, because it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's everyone so good, just starts though. freaking dancing. 
oh my god it's just and the way it's shot it's just like the camera just shoots up that is once again going back to what we said on the walk with something that's very king-like that that is very king-like what he did and that everything what happened with that dance embodies the original Randall Flagg in the first Stan miniseries. Did you have anything else that you loved? Obviously not as much as Randall Flagg dancing like that, but is it, was there anything else that I left out that, that you really liked? This is kind of a good and bad thing. I've always kind of wondered on both sides, uh, Boulder and Vegas, like mm. what exactly they want. Because we have clear conflicting sides in terms of lifestyles, but it's always kind of hazy what either side really wants. So I kind of like the Boulder Three bringing up the question of like, why and what are they fighting for? Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the end of this episode, it's really evident that Larry is just all in on trusting Mother Abigail and having no fear. I wish we got to spend more time with Mother Abigail because it would explain why these characters are just going all in without question. I have to say Larry was okay in the beginning of this, but by the end, the last two episodes, I'm huge Larry fans. Kind of adding to what you have to say about the lifestyle being differently, but we have the two groups who it's, it, we're asking, well, what is it that makes them so different? And especially Glenn asking that question. It's like, either you believe this or you don't. And like, there's something so minor that could separate us. And it's this decision of choosing what's right and what's wrong. And allowing it to continue. I, I felt like that's where this episode really worked. We kind of talked about what doesn't work. Uh, anything else? No. Outside of Julie, I brought this up in, when we were talking about the walk. But once again, it just goes to show, like, why did she? Like, what? she's just weak. So whenever she got zapped, I was just standing up and cheering. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I, I still think she could have died um, in a more severe way. She got off easy as well. <laughs> now, here's one thing. This is another question, kind of like the dancing, but this is more serious. The orb, was that necessary? It's a callback to the book. It's different. We're going to get into that. Okay, because, you know, I brought up about the Dark Tower series and how the orbs have such a great weight and meaning and presence in the Dark Tower series. But it just seemed to come out of nowhere. And that's where I think in this show, if they didn't do that, unless it's answered in CODA, this final episode that we're getting for the series, unless it's answered or talked about more, I think they should have just left it out entirely and that we end with a new. We don't get a lot of details, but Mother Abigail, she comes back from the woods and she meets with the Boulder Committee. Mm-hmm. And she, she lays out the vision. This is God's will. You will be taken care of it. Might not end the way you want in terms of you being alive. She says some of you will die. But I I think this is insinuating that the cloud, the supernatural lightning is God. So that all makes sense to me. Well, and Larry did make that comment about how beautiful it looked. You know, he was looking up into that and he had made that statement. And that's one of the last things that he said right before it started zapping and killing everyone. I, I only have a couple things on bad uh, I still feel like New Vegas feels small scale. I know the majority of the world has died off, but New Vegas seems to consist of like 200 people, which is <laughs> strange to me. They're all living right. in like that hotel, basically. Right. Um, letter grade. I had Ooh. B plus on the last episode. Honestly, man, I could do B plus again. I'm going to go a light A minus. I love oh. this one. Oh, wow. 
See, that's honestly, how- if I if I liked the New Vegas atmosphere a little bit more, it would be just full blown a territory. That's fascinating. I, I I can't rank it as high as the walk. I'm going B, but I'm tempted to go B plus. But I'll, I'll say B B is a good score for this character power rankings. I have three contenders. Glenn, as you've mentioned, doesn't do much in this episode, but he freaking rules. Yeah, he's awesome. I loved him in the jail cell. I loved him in the kangaroo court. Uh, so hats off to Greg Kinnear. Uh, I think Nat Wolf is really good as Lloyd mm-hmm. because he's just bonkers, but seems to really struggle with doing right and being scared off by flag. Mm-hmm. Scared off. Scared of flag. Um, I think my MVP for this episode, though, Alexander Skarsgård, dude just absolutely <laughs> slays in this episode. Woo! Yes, he's mine too. Especially like, I want to know what was going through his mind when they're like, all right, and you're going to break into a dance during this moment? I feel like that's not scripted. That was just off the cuff and they <laughs> thought it was funny and they did it, right? That didn't seem... It did. It, just, it, 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 it seems almost um, just improv and they yeah. thought, wow, this is actually, there's something about it that is just so insane. We should do this. Yeah. I agree. No, I, I, I think so too. It does not seem, especially because there's a brief pause and then he goes right into it. Yeah, he rules. So is he your MVP too? Uh, yeah, he has to be. Because of that dance alone, that's it. There are a lot of great lines. I think Lloyd chews the scenery at times and he does a great job. Like you said, Nat Wolf does, uh, he's fantastic. But I got to give it to Skarsgård. I, it just, he's, it's fantastic. I hate to give it to like basically Satan, but... <laughs> Well, I was telling you this before we started recording. I think he's like Randall Flagg is awesome. Yeah. And he's in just nothing but evil. But yeah. there is something about that character where I'm like, man, I want to hang out with him for like two days. Characters that you want more of. I'd say Glenn because it happened so quickly and early on in the episode. And like you said, he rules, but he was good. I, I really liked the, the Boulder three. I'd like to say. Of characters, I'll say Glenn, but then the duo, I'd like to see more of Larry and Nadine, but it would be more flashback. So obviously that's long before we get to this episode, but it would have been nice to have had that early on. I'm officially filing a missing persons report on Nick Andrus. Ooh, (laughs) that's so sad. But I'm sticking by my guess. Well, actually... Episode seven, I, I I had said, I don't think we see Nick again. I do think we're going to see him again in episode nine. Yeah, I, I could see that. He's going to be important to getting Tom and, and Stu back to Boulder. Uh, so for some of the changes, at least for the viewers, and this is a very minor one, Stu's time in the embankment is dramatically cut short because it doesn't seem like we're going to spend very much time in there because by the end of this episode, Tom has seen Kojak and is on his way to Stu. In the book, there's no kangaroo court for the Boulder Three. The setup to Nadine's death is different. Uh, She has clarity in both versions, but in the book, she taunts Flag into throwing her out the window. Larry and Ray's executions are different, too. In the book, they are set for public dismemberment. Uh, And then the big blow happens. And then in the book, this goes back to that orb. In the book, Flag creates this ball of energy that he uses to kill a dude. Around that time is when... Trash can man brings the nuke, shows up with that, and that ball of light turns into the hand of God, mm. starts taking people out, and then detonates the nuke. Oh. So that kind of goes back to my thing of, 
in this episode, it's not super clear, but we do know Mother Abigail says, I, I know God's will. It's it's for you guys to go to Vegas. Everything will be taken care of. That's interesting that you say that because now thinking back, the OG series did have literally the hand of God and it formed in a hand. Like it yeah. was like, like the CG hand. I'm sure that looked great in 1990 or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. 1992. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was fantastic on that ABC TV show budget. But the... Now, now that you say that, that's interesting. In, however, flag controlling the orbs, that's the same way in the Dark Tower series that the character, the man in black, or otherwise known as Randall Flag, and you know goes by many names, um, that he controls one of those orbs, and it's an orb of dark energy, more or less, like what you said. So that's that's fascinating. That's how King writes it. But it's cool, though, how it changes, and it's almost used as this conduit here where it's an orb that flag would control. But it, it, it kind of makes me wish that we got that in this series at least once or twice or just leave it out altogether. Yeah, I kind of feel like they, we know that he floats around, but we don't know the strength of his supernatural ability. So when he does stuff like this, it's a little... Or if he were to create something like this, it would be, I think, a little more like, oh, I didn't know he could do that. Mm-hmm. I Man, I don't know. I like the changes they uh, they do in this. I think they kind of do a mixture of everything. And I actually like the ending to this a lot. Uh, Easter eggs. I noticed the Crimson King logo on the Vegas yes. banners. That's Loves. the only thing I noticed. Yeah, that I, I definitely was going to bring that up because that Crimson King makes a huge huge appearance and i don't want to give too much weight in the dark tower series but it's a major point and that was interesting when glenn hughes like so who is this court um basically reporting to who who is in charge here and then i love that everyone's like well randall flag but we see the crimson king's logo or that insignia rather on the side of the courts and i thought oh that's a good touch i love that so Hats off to Boone and company. No, I didn't keep track of this, and I had already watched it by the time that we thought about doing this, but F-bombs for episode eight. After watching it, I guess 26. Do you have the answer? Oh, yeah. And what did you think? I, going into this, I thought, eh, it's not going to be that much, especially coming out of the walk. So I would have went low like 10, but it's even higher than what you guessed. It sits at a cool 32. Goodness. <laughs> I mean, the fact that when we're in the court, it was almost nonstop we're getting F-bomb city. I tried to keep up with it. It was tough during that time. I literally got to a point where I was pausing it, and I would go back 10 seconds. Like, All right, was that an F-bomb? I think that, yeah, that was an F. I'm counting that as an F-bomb. <laughs> episode 9 predictions. I mentioned this with Episode 7, but Nick plays a supernatural role and Thomas do getting back home to Boulder. My only prediction is I bet we get that in episode nine. We're going to see Nick mm. again. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I could see that after thinking about it earlier. I thought, well, based on Boone and what he's done, I maybe he'll just gloss over that. But now I don't know. I Thinking about that more, I, I, I agree with you. Episode nine, Coda Franny in the well. Let's guess one last time. F-bombs. Ooh. I'm going to go super, super low. This is mm-hmm. written by Stephen King. Not that that matters. 
I think now that the new Vegas stuff is gone, um, I'm going to say three. Ooh. I'm going way low. I, I was going to say two just for King, you Ooh. know, dropping that once or twice. I almost, I was tempted to say zero, but I'll say two. We'll see. I'm Actually, excited. How about, I'll go be... bold. I'll go bold and say zero. I'll lock it in at zero. You want to lock in zero? Okay. Yeah, I'm stick. Not? I'm sticking with three. I will also make a prediction that this episode is going to be short and crisp at like 28 minutes. I, I, you know what? I'll say 32. For some reason that's coming to mind. I, I don't know if the walking dude's trying to tell me something or what. <laughs> oh, I, the, the other, did we, sorry if we already said this, um, episode, now, we're going to get a hint of Randall Flagg's existence, maybe in the final closing moments mm. that he's still around, yay or nay? I think so. I think so too. I think we're going to end on a little, I don't want to say a little a twist. I think the story is resolved, but I do think we're going to, have some sort of closing shot or or just a nod to Randall Flag still being out there in the world. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a very subtle cliffhanger. The, honestly, this would be a great way for CBS to double down and go all in with the Dark Tower series and to continue this with Flag and then continue this with King. That would be amazing. I don't think they will. But that would be the, that would be the best announcement of 2021. Man, would you be okay with them doing it? CBS All Access? Not Josh Boone, I'll say. <laughs> I I would rather someone honestly, I would love to see Owen King take this over and maybe go to and try to develop this with uh, Vincenzo Vincenzo Natali, who did the last two episodes, and maybe tr- I wanted to see what Glenn Mazzarara, who was on The Walking Dead and did seasons two, three, and three. I'd love to have seen what he did with that series that was going to come to Amazon, but bring Glenn on board and then have Glenn work as like one of the writers with Natalie and Owen King. I'd love to see that. But I would not want Josh Boone to be close to the Dark Tower series. (laughs) And I foreshadowed this earlier in terms of Will this end on a positive or bleak note? If the baby's born, but it's not immune to Captain Trips, and it's born with the thick neck. No, that would be stupid. That would be awful. That would be terrible. But will, I mean, with this being the case, will the baby be born? And and I bet they'll end up naming the baby Nick. I bet they do that. And I think that we'll get life and the boulder free zone a ways beyond the events that transpired in new vegas i think that we'll get the build up to them arriving but it makes me wonder will they end up treating this like flashback city again where we jump forward in time and the baby maybe nick is all grown up the baby of franny and Stu, but then we get flashbacks of how Stu returned and how franny gave birth but yeah I, I literally thought you were going to say she gives birth and it's like this new version of Randall Flag, and it's just starting all over again. I mean, if you think about it, the energy of Randall Flag has been sent somewhere else. So how crazy would that like, be? Like, at the end of that episode, she's a, she's just like struck. Like she she's given birth and that's, that's the same moment Flag dies and takes over. I mean, it's... Not out of the question. (laughs) 
I do think we are jumping forward in time. Like a lot or do you anticipate just like um, a year or something like that? I'd say a couple of years. I don't think we're going to be crazy old or anything. I could see that. And that's where we may end up getting a tease of, oh, there's another group that's popped up and it's an evil group, almost as evil as Randall Flagg. Or maybe it's the discussion of, is he alive? Did he survive that? And then that's how it ends. Where mainly good, but then there's something, this little Shyamalan twist, mm-hmm. or at least they try to. I think our main story ends, it's a happy ending, and then we jump somewhere else, and that's when we get our hint that Flag is still alive, and Ooh. it's not over yet. Oh. Honestly, this has been a fun ride. There have been some ups and downs, but... Of the most recent episodes, I'd say that the ups are greatly outweighing the downs. You know what, s- too? This this has made me really want to... And I'll wait till I, I finish this and wrap this up. But I'm going to watch the OG. Mm. I'm, I'm just interested to see how they do that. How they, how they attempt to condense this book into, you know, however many hours that is. Six hours. Which is insane. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I asked my parents this past weekend since they're watching this as well. I asked them if they are, if they've got that copy that I could end up borrowing. And they're like, oh yeah, that's that's fine. Um, they were thinking about doing the same thing as well, where they wanted to watch the miniseries. So I'm curious how many people watch this and like, I want to go back and watch that. But I'm going to do it, that's for sure. Well, Stan fans, hopefully you have enjoyed this, the double feature episode. Join us next time where we end it all with Coda and Franny and the Whelm. And until next time, keep watching.